Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's time for a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am sitting here curled up in my little podcast nook at home. And I've had one of those days, actually two days straight, that just have been extraordinarily busy. And not not in a bad way. It's been exciting stuff and fun stuff and just just one thing after the next, you know, and I, I'm recognizing now in my body and in my mind as I'm sitting here that I, I don't have that ability to manage stress the same way I used to. There was a time in my life when this was life. I was always this busy every day, morning till evening. It was like things never stopped or slowed down. And now gratefully, thankfully, that is not my life anymore. I have more space. I have changed the pace of how I live and let things fall away and carve out a different kind of path. So my ability to manage stress or high pressure situations has just drastically declined, (laughs) which I don't know if it's a good thing. I think it's a good sign. I used to be extremely stressed resilient that there was nothing you couldn't throw at me and I would just knock it out of the park. You know, I, I was just living at that kind of level of intensity all the time. And once you stop doing that, once you change your pace, once you actually slow down and you learn how to slow down, you you stop being able to manage that intensity all the time. And those peaks of intensity that sometimes show up, they are, at least for me personally, they're much harder to manage. So I've had these two busy days and I feel like, man, do I need a vacation or <laughs> I need I need some space. Can someone like throw me a little weekend yoga retreat or something just to, to wind down? And it's okay to feel that way, you know, and I think it's okay to, to sense that inside of yourself. If you get to a point of overwhelm, the whole point of all this work that we're doing to feel good and find our center is actually letting ourselves arrive at a place of recognizing that because that's what was missing for me in the past in my higher intensity life. What was missing was the fact that I didn't even recognize my life as being overwhelming. I just thought this is what it is. I have no other choice. This is it. You know, this is what life is, is what life has to be. And then the moment you recognize and you notice already there, your whole awareness has shifted and the energy of what you're doing has shifted. And I can be in that place in my life right now where I can recognize, oh, okay, here's overwhelm. Okay. And I know it's not forever. I'm having these super intense days. That's not forever. I'm doing this for two days and then I can figure out what I need at the end of that. Right. So instead of letting that overwhelm pull me under, I can really sit with, well, can I have a couple of days now where I can drink a little bit more tea, perhaps? Can I have slower mornings, maybe sleep a little bit more? And I can find my way back to a place of peace and balance through that. So I am grateful that I'm not living that kind of intense life anymore. And I'm also grateful that I have, because it means I have this ability to manage both sides. 
So I don't know about you, but I have this feeling in my body. You know, when you close your eyes at the end of a work day and you haven't transitioned yet to home, you haven't transitioned to the calmer pace of not being on. And if you close your eyes, you can send this kind of current of electricity almost moving through your body, just this little buzzing feeling that we get from just adrenaline coursing through our veins and being on the go and doing things and I can sense a little bit of residue from that, just from from these past couple of days. So I don't know about you or if you are in alignment with this feeling, but I could sure use a moment of grounding. And I feel like it's been a minute since we opened this podcast the way we normally do with a, a space to breathe and a space to just be. So let's take a moment to find a comfortable space. And for me right now, I am in my armchair. I have a comfy pillow in my lower back. We're at my lower back. And I'm leaned back so I can actually let my weight sort of sink into this armchair. I can really release and soften here. So if you have that same kind of setup, just lean back and let go. And if you're not, you can choose to take a longer spine here. Let the crown of the head rise a little bit. Just finding a space that feels comfortable to where you are at. And maybe that means closing your eyes. Maybe that's an automatic thing for you that you ground and center by closing your eyes. And maybe it's not. Either one is good. And let's see, just without changing a thing. Okay, you let yourself be everything you are. Don't change a thing. What is going on inside of you right now? So without changing it, how is your breath flowing through the nose right now? And can you sense just this natural breath that you have at this point of your day? How are you breathing? And not have to attach any judgment to that. We're not, you know, judging the quality of your breath. We're just noticing, just becoming aware of how we are breathing. And then sense your physical body, any physical sensations inside of your body right now. What's going on? How is your body doing? What does it feel like to sit here in this meat suit? You know, how, how's your body? What's going on? Do you feel spacious and soft? Do you feel tired and sluggish? Do you feel energized and activated? Do you feel pain anywhere or do you feel good everywhere? What do you have going on in this moment today? And again, no such thing as bad or good. Just is what it is. Just notice, feel. See if you can go a little bit deeper here, perhaps. You can bring your attention and awareness back to the breath. And noticing if anything has shifted, sometimes just by bringing our awareness into the body, the breath starts to slow down and mellow out a little bit. So if you want, you can start to consciously take deeper breaths now. You're elongating your inhale so you have a little more space to breathe. And you're elongating your exhales so you have a little more space to let go. And shifting your focus now to the mind. And as you're sitting here, breathing here, checking in with your body, do a little mental check-in as well. What's that narrative in the back of your head like today? How is your ego, how is your mind doing? Is your mind very busy in this moment? Can you sense lots of activity there around the brain and the head? Or is it pretty quiet? Maybe someplace in between. And as you notice thoughts come up, what's the quality of those thoughts like? Are you speaking kindly to yourself today or is it a bit of a judgmental voice? Again, no labeling this at all. Just notice, just become more aware of the state of your own mind. So you're noticing the breath, noticing the body, noticing the mind. 
without necessarily having to change a whole bunch of stuff. You know, these practices are not about trying to bring ourselves to some sort of end destination of here is what I actually want to feel. It's about accepting and embracing what's already going on. It's the practice of holding space for yourself and allowing yourself to feel what you feel, to be what you are, to breathe how you breathe. So just notice. And finally, we'll bring our awareness and attention to the heart space. Taking a little bit more time here. If you want, you can place one of your hands on top of the center of your chest. And just feel for a second how your heart is doing. And if you practice this a lot the way I do, and it's it's so simple and so life-changing, you know, that daily, multiple times a day kind of practice of closing your eyes, placing your hand to your heart to just feel, hey, how am I, how am I doing? And the more often we do that, the easier it becomes to listen for the answer. And the more we listen for the answer, the easier it becomes to recognize any need that we have in the moment and how to fill it. So it's basically entering into a really intimate conversation with our own heart every day, asking ourselves, how are we really? And what do we need? And if you never do this, if you never have these moments of checking in with your heart, checking in with your emotions, checking in with yourself, then it becomes quite challenging to hear what's going on. We start to feel separate from our hearts. We might start to feel a little bit numb, a little bit disconnected, maybe a little bit aloof. Like we don't really know how we're feeling. We're just kind of, you know, soldiering on through our day no matter what. So it's a good practice to have. Truly is a good practice to have. So the way you are right now, here in this moment, hand to your heart, what's moving there inside of your heart? There's generally or often there's something that's stirring a little bit more than everything else. Because your heart is this container that can hold so much. More than just one thing, of course. But oftentimes we have one feeling that feels like it's moving a little bit more. Or perhaps one feeling that's surfacing in a bigger way. So what is that for you? What is your heart holding today? How are you doing? Really, how are you? And you can take a few deeper breaths. No pressure, you know, to have to immediately find a clear answer. But just give yourself some space to inquire and to listen and to feel. Hmm. And now as you sense this emotion, whatever it is, because it is what it is, right? We're going to give it a little bit of space, just a little bit of space. Now we're not here to fix this feeling. Your feelings are not something to fix. They're not a problem you have to solve. They're not a reason to catapult yourself into a frantic wanting to fix and solve and change everything about your life. Your feelings are just here to be felt. And that's what you're doing right now in this moment, hand to heart, exploring your inner workings. You're just giving this feeling a little room, a little space, a moment to breathe. And whatever is here, just let it be here. Whatever is here, let it be. And then from this place, let's together take a real deep breath. So go ahead and inhale in through the nose. Open your mouth 
and exhale. One more time in this next deep breath. If there's anything you would like to release from your system today, something you'd like to put down or let go of, or maybe it's part of that feeling or something you have going on, imagine how through that open mouth exhale, you're actually letting something out, letting something pass through, letting something go. Full breath in through the nose. Open mouth, let it go. (sighs) You can stay here with eyes closed, hand to your heart if you like, and listen from this heartfelt place. Or if you feel ready, you can blink your eyes open and look around the space a little bit. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I really really needed that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this show, giving me the opportunity to guide all of us through these little moments, because I I do it as much for myself as I do for all of you. (sighs) Hi, 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 hi. Uh, So last week on the show, I had Dennis on as a guest, which is such a joy. And Pretty much every single time he comes on, (laughs) I play with this idea of we should start a couple's podcast. Like Dennis and I should have a podcast where every week we talk about a topic or a subject just because we have so much fun doing it. And he's really come out of his shell. Anyone who's followed me for a very long time, like on social media, you might remember the days when Dennis wouldn't speak like I had Snapchat back then and he would not speak on Snapchat or I had Instagram, when Instagram stories came, he would just, anytime I would turn the camera toward him, he would just clam up completely. And now, I mean, he's come such a long way. He really enjoys the podcast and he excitedly says yes, you know, and it's just, it's so fun to, to speak to him in that setting. I feel like oftentimes when we record on the show, because we are aware that people are going to be listening It's almost like we speak from a different place in a sense. And we often end up having conversations that sometimes go deeper than we would just us or that take us in a different location, different places. We talk about a a wider variety of things. And because you guys ask questions, we go into these conversations that we normally wouldn't. I feel like having him on the show allows me to get to know him a little bit better every time, which is awesome when you've been with someone for 12 years. 12 years is a long time. (laughs) so I've had a pretty intense week this week something happened and I don't know I like how really to articulate it but something came up for me in therapy last week that really made something shift for me in my life and I want to talk about it a little bit because I have a feeling this applies to, to so many of us I I I have an issue or I have a thing that I do that I that I don't like and it and it takes up a lot of space in my life and it and it kind of puts like a damper on the joy of my life a lot and I want to figure it out and get to the bottom of what it is. So I brought it up to my therapist last week to really talk about it. And the thing is whenever I have a big commitment, okay? And this used to be I'm just getting like a deja vu feeling. Did I talk about this on a podcast already? I don't think so. <laughs> How much have we spoken? Like, did we talk this week? Okay, I don't think so. But anyway, so whenever I have a big commitment, I have something coming up in the future. And it used to be like I have a teacher training coming up that I'm teaching, or I have a big retreat coming up that I'm hosting or leading, or I have a book tour coming up over several months. Like I would have a big commitment of some sort or like a big class or some festival or something like that. I would inevitably feel so much pressure and stress in anticipation of the thing. 
And this is like emphasis on the anticipation of the thing that I would start to divide my life in my thoughts and in my mind as pre thing and post thing. That say it's July and I know I have a teacher training in October. In my mind, it's like everything in my life that is flow and that is peace and that is calm and that is joy. I put on hold a little bit because I know I have this big pressure thing, this big important thing coming, this like heavy thing coming in the future. And I, and I wouldn't talk about this. I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't change like how we lived or anything. It would just be this internal feeling that I would think, okay, well, after this training, okay, so in November, then I'm going to enjoy this thing. Or in November, then I can relax. Or in November, I'm going to take a vacation. Or in November, I'm going to... And it's almost like I knew if I, if I ever knew I had a high pressure commitment of some sort, I would postpone all of my joy and put it after the thing. And I would feel so much stress and pressure leading up to the thing that it would completely kind of take out all the joy and excitement that I actually normally feel about the thing. And I started doing this. I can't remember when it came about. And the weird thing about it is when the thing came, right? So October shows up and it's teacher training time. I'm having the time of my life. I freaking love it. Anyone listening who's taken a teacher training with me knows like I'm in flow state when I lead groups and trainings and retreats. I love it. It's what I'm meant to do. I'm great at it. I thrive doing it. I'm so in the present moment of it. So it's always like I would feel this kind of negative feeling and a lot of pressure and stress only leading up to the thing. But once the thing starts, I love it. And afterwards, I'm elated. And I immediately go and I book 10 more. <laughs> right? So it's like a really complicated way to live because what it means is the thing I'm really great at, the thing I love doing, the thing I thrive doing, I start to feel tentative about, like I don't want to do it. I don't want to book them into my life because of the anticipation beforehand. So this used to be a thing and it used to be a big thing because I had so many in-person groups and I had so many big commitments all the time, right? That it was also part of it was this feeling like, I have no control over my life. My life is a freight train moving 100 million miles per hour and I, I can't stop it, that feeling. So now my life is really, really different. Like I said in the beginning of the show, I don't have this high pressure life anymore. I don't have this intensity. I don't have this stress. I changed my life completely for that very reason. However, I still do that thing. I still do that same thing. So last week we had a webinar for the home course. We have the home course, the seven-week, life-changing, transformative, nature-based healing course starting March 20th. And I have never been more excited about anything in my entire life. I mean, I feel so good about this course. I feel so excited about this course. I feel amazing about what I've put out into the world. And when it comes to the actual course starting in March, I don't feel that pressure, right? I'm not, I'm not dividing my life like, okay, well, after the course is done, I'm going to do, I'm like, no, I'm, I feel totally in alignment with it. I feel great. No pressure, no stress, which is rare for me to have a big thing coming and I don't feel pressure at all. Um, so I can recognize that. But then last week I had this webinar and the webinar, is, it was basically for anyone who's interested in the course and wants to take the course, but you haven't committed yet, or you haven't signed up, you're kind of on the fence about it, or you have questions about it. It was just a, uh, like an opportunity to learn more, like a free workshop, a little sneak peek into what the course is about. And this was something that was decided when we were thinking about how we're marketing the course for these months leading up. Like, how are we going to go about this? Are we going to, you know, am I going to do a podcast about it? Like I did. Uh, are we doing like, should I be posting on social media? Like, you know, just the conversations that we have within the team around how to market the course. And then it's really common for whenever you have a big course like that to have a little webinar, a little workshop just for this very reason, like to give people an opportunity to ask questions and like give a little sneak peek. So it's not a weird thing at all. But the thing about the webinar is I didn't choose it right? It was something that was just was decided as like part of what we're doing leading up to the course. We're going to have this little webinar. It'll be super fun. And, and they ask, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Sounds great. No, it sounds awesome. But I didn't actually like sit down on my own and think of, huh, what would be a nice way to talk about the course or give people space to ask questions? Oh, let's do a webinar. No, it was kind of decided for me. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So I have control and I make my own decisions and I, I could have said no, but I didn't feel like that was a thing. But for some reason, right, this webinar became a high pressure thing. 
And I spent two weeks leading up to the webinar in agony about the webinar. <laughs> All of you listening that, that didn't participate in the webinar, I bet you're going to go to the webinar now. <laughs> about to see how I did. But really, I had two weeks of just kind of agony over this webinar. And I was feeling like, oh, I don't know. I've never done something like that. And is it like a little salesy? I I really don't, I, I don't look at myself as a salesy person at all. I really feel like people who want to come to the course are going to intuitively just arrive. I don't want to be there with a megaphone, like marketing and telling people to come, come, come. Like, that's not my thing. You know, like, I, I just want people to organically arrive. <laughs> You guys know me. I mean, it's like, I'm not that like salesy kind of like person. So I started feeling a lot of pressure. Like, I don't really know what I'm going to do with this webinar. Like, what am I supposed to say? And I've never done this before. And I get in my head about it and I make it a thing, but I don't tell anybody. <laughs> okay. On the outside, I'm cool as a cucumber. Aside from Dennis, Dennis knew that I was freaking out about the webinar, but with the team and everyone else, I'm like totally cool. And they're like, this is just an hour of Rachel talking. Like I do that all day, all the time. Like I have no issues. With they have no reason to believe that I am stressed about the webinar at all. And I didn't really have a reason to be stressed about the webinar because why should I be? I don't know. And the cool thing about it is we had almost 4,000 people sign up for the webinar, which is crazy. It's, it's, you know, should have been this massively inspiring, exciting thing. Like, whoa, that amount of people want to come and like listen to me talk for an hour about finding your way home. How cool is that? I should just be so grateful for that. Right. And let it motivate me to do a, to do a fun thing, but it didn't, it added to the pressure. And I start telling myself this really negative story that who am I to, to be doing this? Who am I to be leading this course? Who am I to be like, to, to be here, like doing this workshop? Oh my God. And I start telling myself, I bet people are going to sign up for this just because they want to like hate on me. I bet people are going to sign up for this because they want to just shit on me in the comment section there. I bet they're just not signing up because they're judging me and they think that this is a bad thing. And I create this crazy narrative in my head that is not in alignment with truth at all. It's just all of my insecurities, all of my inner stuff like becomes just accumulate and become a thing about this fucking webinar. And then I start dividing my life the way I do pre-webinar and post-webinar. And it's like, I can laugh at it now because it's so ridiculous. But here's an example. Yeah, like a, a week or 10 days before, I had gone to the garden store and I had gotten everything I needed to start planting, like actually start my vegetable garden indoors, which you have to do in Sweden because it's cold as balls. <laughs> okay, wait, what kind of, <laughs> maybe not, balls aren't really cold. Are they cold? <laughs> do they get cold? I don't have any, but <laughs> it's cold as shit. So I got a growing lamp and did a lot of work to like, okay, did a lot of work, did a lot of pointing at where I wanted Dennis to do a lot of work <laughs> to hang the lamp for me. And then I, you know, I have all my pots and like my little, um, little pod things, whatever you call them. And I, I did everything. Like I have all the preparations and I've been so looking forward to doing the first growing, the first planting, like actually putting my hands in soil, actually planting seeds. And then all of a sudden, because I feel so much pressure and I've made this webinar that isn't a thing into a thing, I tell myself, you know what? I'm just going to start. I'm going to do that after the webinar. That's like a joyful after the webinar kind of thing. It's not a pre-webinar thing. Oh my God. My life before this webinar is just so overwhelming. It's so busy. I'm so stressed. <laughs> when in reality, I created that completely. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. 
So then finally, webinar day rolls around. I'm super nervous. I'm freaking out about it. I have, it's it's like, you know, I have taught like live yoga classes in person to a thousand people many times. Like that walked out on stage in front of a thousand literal people who purchased the ticket, drove or flew in to practice yoga with me. I've done that. And I was not that freaked out <laughs> to do those things, you know. It's like I I I'm I'm I should be kind of well versed when it comes to speaking to a large crowd of people, especially on freaking Zoom. You know, it's like I'm sitting at home in front of my computer and I'm just freaking out about it. I like couldn't eat. I was like, I just, oh my God. And I'm telling Dennis, like, he's trying to calm me down. He's like, honey, like, you need to take a breath. Like, all this is is an hour of you talking about the most amazing thing you've ever created. The thing that you are so excited about, you are like smiling about it all day. It's gonna be, he's like, this is what you do. Like, I don't know why you've made this a thing. This is not a thing. Just like, go rock it. So I go in, <laughs> I go in, and webinar starts and on zoom when you do a webinar you just you click like start webinar and then it's not like a regular zoom call where people kind of trickle in slowly and you wait and let people arrive and settle and stuff it's like webinar starts when the webinar starts boom and I'm there and I'm like oh my god I'm about to pee my pants and then I just start talking and I keep talking and then I keep talking and I do a fucking great job okay I feel so good doing this webinar. I feel such flow. I basically spent 75 minutes having a really wonderful time just explaining the course and answering questions and kind of getting into the why I created this course in the first place and what was behind that and what need does this fill and who could I really envision would you know benefit from it. And it was just at the end of this webinar that I was dreading, I am smiling so big. I am so happy. I feel so grateful that all these people joined. I feel, oh my God, I'm just ecstatic, right? I killed it. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of myself. I feel so good that I tell Dennis, hey, I think that webinar was so great. We should just like make it a podcast. It was 75 minutes. Like I, I could put it on the pod. I felt so great about this thing. We should do more webinars. You know what? Why don't I do like a weekly... <laughs> Why don't I do like a weekly thing where I have a topic every week and it's kind of like a podcast, but it's webinars so you can see and it's live and it's like a really cool concept. Like I, I'm going to be a webinar person though. So I do the whole thing exactly how I do it with my teacher trainings, exactly how I do it with my retreats. It's the same fucking thing, right? It's just the actual thing I'm doing is a little less pressure in theory, right? But I, I, I make myself as panicked as I would when back in the day when it was, you know, like 60 people arriving from all over the world to spend a month with you at your yoga studio to change their lives. Like that's kind of a high pressure thing. Like I get, it makes sense to feel pressure leading up to something that big, but like a Zoom webinar, like can I, like calm down, Rachel. Okay. So anyway, I became really aware. That was the good thing about this whole thing last week as I became so aware of this thing that I do and I don't want to do it anymore. And actually, when I start talking about it and I start airing it out and I start really getting into it, I realize that this inhibits me from doing what I want to do. It inhibits me fully from planning things that I know I enjoy. A great example of that is I want to book a retreat in Sweden. I haven't taught a retreat since pre-pandemic. Like my last retreat was the week the pandemic or the week after the, or the, I mean, the week before all the lockdowns, March, 2020, like that was my last retreat in Costa Rica. I love leading retreats. This is my favorite thing. I love it. I miss it so much. Oh my God. Now restrictions are going away. Like Sweden is totally open. Like, you know, feels like pandemic is mellowing out and it's totally possible to do a retreat. And I love the idea of doing a Swedish retreat in Sweden. I mean, not in Swedish because everything I do is in English, but to pick a really Swedish place. Like how cool would it be to go to like the ice hotel in Northern Sweden for a yoga retreat or do a yoga retreat where we can see the Northern lights or do really like a forest based yoga retreat somewhere really remote. That's totally in nature. I just have a lot of really creative ideas of things I want to do. I would love, I would love it. Like you hear me talk about this, how excited I am, but I'm not booking it. (laughs) 
Why am I not booking it? Because I know the moment I put a yoga retreat in my calendar, my inner narrative, that inner pressure is going to come right out and I'm going to start dividing my life in pre and post retreat. And everything leading up to that retreat is going to be a stressful thing. And what kind of bullshit way to live is that? Like it's stupid. So I really started recognizing that whatever this, wherever this comes from, it actually is inhibiting me living my best life. We could all, like you listening right now, could be super excited to join me in Sweden for some amazing week doing something awesome right now. But that's not happening because of my inner pressure bullshit. Okay. Just want everyone to be upset about, <laughs> about this right now. Uh, can I please get over myself? So anyway... I brought this to my therapist last week. I'm like, okay, I, I have an issue and I'm starting to identify this issue. And the good, like, I can recognize that before I wasn't really aware of the pressure, right? It was just, I thought that that was what it had to be. I have so many high pressure things that I have to do great at and excel at that I just felt kind of stressed about everything all the time. But now I'm super aware of the thing. And awareness obviously is the first step to healing it and figuring things out. So I know I'm, it's good that this happened. Like this webinar was a great example because it let, it's, it helps me to pull at the threads of what is the thing that happened to me in my past and in my childhood that led me to this kind of internal narrative and this behavior and this belief. So we talk about it. And I get to really distinguish between like what are parts in my life like, do I always feel this pressure? Do I always feel this negative and like, like it's hard, this heavy thing in it with everything I do? Or is it just certain things? And then I, I realize, well, the actual course, the home course starts March 20th. And I don't feel that way about the course at all. I don't. And I should, if looking at my past and looking at this internal stuff, I should, because this is a huge thing I'm doing. And this is bigger than a teacher training. It's much bigger. It's really a big thing. And not only is it like the expectation of I truly want every single person who's participating in the course and in the circle to have a life-changing experience. I mean, I really, really do. I mean, that alone could be a lot of internal pressure that like, am I doing a good enough job? Is the content that I've filmed like good enough? Am I good enough to be guiding this and hosting this and leading this? There could be like a whole array of insecurities and stuff inside of me, but I don't feel that at all. I feel so in alignment. I feel just all the way through great about what I've created. So I don't feel that pressure. I just feel, I can feel this, like if I close my eyes and I imagine it's the day of our first live, like March 20th, I can sense butterflies, right? Which is, I mean, there's nerves there, right? Because I want to do a good job and it's like this big unknown thing and and of course, there's expectations like I have a, the whole team at Yoga Girl has worked so hard for like a year to make this happen. And we've built out the platform and we've done so much. There's a lot invested in the course. So there's even more reasons why I should feel pressure, but I don't. I just feel excited. I can sense this, this butterfly, -y, like nervous, but in a good way. Like I can't wait to meet everyone and like, oh, can't wait for people to start like, practicing and like get into the platform and join hands in the circle. Like, oh, I feel so excited about that and no pressure. So my therapist goes like, okay, well, what's the difference? Like, let's really define what is the difference here. You don't feel nervous about this major course, but you feel major nerves and pressure and pressure. I mean, you don't feel pressure around this big course, but you feel pressure about the webinar. That's like a microscopic, tiny portion of the whole thing. Like, what is the dif differing factor, differentiator here, really? And I sat with it and I really felt into it. And I realized, and this was one of those moments for me, maybe this is obvious to you, but for me, it was something I, that had been totally unconscious for me. I was not aware of this at all. It was a light bulb, like ding, 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 ding moment. I realized the dif difference is I chose the course, right? I truly, from inception to now, I chose to create the course. I didn't choose the webinar. <laughs> I'm laughing at it now because it's so silly. But truly, I sat down. It was me on my own, feeling really inspired, having this idea, like how amazing would it be if we did this? And then on my own, writing about it, like outlining it, really talking it out, brainstorming all the pieces, 
going away to like be alone for three days to really hash it out. Like, is this doable and viable and what would it be like? And then planning out all the content and all the class, like every A to Z, I have chosen this course. I love it. I want to do it, right? It's my thing. I'm owning it. The webinar just became a thing that was a part of that, but I didn't sit down and choose on my own. And for me, this is the light bulb moment that when it's something I choose from an authentic, heartfelt place, like from from me being in my most authentic self and I choose something, that thing, regardless of how big it is or scary it is or like whatever's going on there and the intensity of the situation or the thing I'm doing, I am always going to feel in alignment with that because I truly chose it. I chose it from a good place. So there might be nerves involved, but not pressure, right? There might be excitement or like nerves around things going wrong, but not dread, right? That's the difference. And in all those other moments, whenever there was something, I had that feeling of dread. I had that feeling of almost like I'm going to fail here. There's so much hanging and writing on this that like I, I, I'm not going to be able to pull it off. Like there's too much, too many people, there's too, many, too much expectation. There's too much pressure. And then you might ask, well, did you not choose your teacher trainings? Did that not, was that not like a conscious thing? And the answer to that is yes and no, honestly. And this is kind of a bizarre thing to think about, but okay, instead of teacher trainings, I'm going to give another example, my books. Okay. I've written two books. I'm writing my third. Okay. I've written two books. None of those books came from a truly inspired place of me sitting on my own and having that like moment of, I want to write a book and here's what I'm going to write about and let me write this book out. No, my first book happened because someone came my way and said, you know what? You have a big following on social media. Have you ever thought of writing a book? Do you know how to write? When they approached me, those first people, and that was like back then, I mean, when I wrote Yoga Girl, that was what, 2014? It was probably an agent from some agency I was working with way back in the day. And I remember the person clearly didn't know me, (laughs) clearly didn't even follow me properly online because they had no idea that I could write. And I can write. Fuck, man. If it's something I know I can do, can want to toot my own horn. Yes, I do want to toot my own horn. Let me toot my own horn. I'm a good writer. I write. And the person who pitched this to me or who like put it on my desk had no clue. It was like, if you're not comfortable writing, we can get you a ghostwriter. And I was like, what? What the fuck is a ghostwriter? Like, no. And of course, the thought of writing a book. Are you kidding? How exciting is that? It's huge. But it wasn't something that I sat down and did and chose, right? And then it was packaged really quickly. And then whoever that agent was, I mean, I'm not, no one I'm working with now or like at all. It was people that were like passing through in my life. And I'm grateful for that now because I got to write that first book, which was amazing. But all of a sudden it was like packaged here and then a publisher here and here's a contract. And all of a sudden here's a book deal. All of a sudden here's a deadline. Oh my God, you have three, you have three months, go. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know? So this thing, it wasn't like I didn't choose it. Like I said, no, and someone forced me to write a book. Of course not. I was excited. We celebrated. And when I got that book deal, we drank champagne. Like it was a huge positive thing. And I would never regret that. But it wasn't chosen from that soul place, right? It wasn't just me, A to Z, taking my time, you know, feeling inspired and then doing something with that inspiration and choosing a creative outlet for that inspiration. It was an opportunity and a lot of inspiration, sure, but it was also a high pressure fucking book deal. And I squeezed that first book out of my system in basically three months because I had a deadline and a contract and, you know, publishing date. And there's, it was so intense, right? I look back at that time and there wasn't a lot of joy in writing that book. I'm proud of the book. It's a New York Times bestseller. Like it's, it's life change. For the rest of my life, I can say New York Times bestseller on anything I do, which is a huge, massive, amazing thing. But everything that came after that book was came with that feeling of slight dread, right? So when I went on the book tour to promote Yoga Girl, which was a really big book tour, I think we went to 27 places across the US for that first tour, and thousands of people and, you know, lines around the block for people to come and have the book signed and stuff. Every event, every single one on that whole entire first tour, I felt dread. 
I was telling myself that same story. Who am I to do this? Actually, what if people are just showing up here to tell me that they hate the book? That actually, that I kind of suck. That actually, that like, who am I to to be here doing this? You know, I felt like such an imposter. I felt like such a fraud. And I felt such immense pressure to do all the things that led up or that came after the book was published. So it's kind of that feeling of, I didn't fully choose it because if I would have fully chosen it, right, I had that book inside of me. So obviously it was meant to come through. But if I had fully chosen it, it would have happened in a different way. I probably would not have done 27 cities on that crazy tour. I probably would have had more spaciousness and time to relax in between. I would have had more time to write in a way that felt really authentic and organic. But instead, it kind of became this high pressure thing that had to get done and everything had to follow after that, right? So, and I can sense this now similarly in a teacher trainings, for example, in that I, you know, okay, so wait, side note, when that tour happened and when I was in the moment, like in the book signing or teaching the yoga class, I'm loving it. Like I'm, I'm thriving. I'm, I am my best self. I am so happy. I'm hugging so many people. It's great. It's just like the webinar when I'm in it and I'm present there, there's no dread anymore. There's no pressure. There's no stress. Everything is awesome. After every single event, I would tell Dennis, this is amazing. Let's do more. Let's add more cities, you know? And then there would be the anticipation of the next thing. And that would feel dreadful. And then I would be in it and I would love it. (laughs) So just like the webinar, same thing. And the teacher trainings are like a really good example of that because yes, I love teaching them. I love, 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 love them. But we had just opened Island Yoga. We were in debt. And I knew I have to really rally for the studio. Not only for the studio, I have to rally for Dennis. I have to rally for our employees, for our team. There's a lot of people whose literal lives, like I felt like I had people's lives in my hands. I have to make the studio thrive. I have to do a good job. We need to book a lot of these groups because the groups are really helpful to help to help the studio manage, right? So similar feeling in that I chose all of those groups, but I also kind of had to do it, right? It wasn't just the inception of something truly awesome and authentic and the A to Z, me choosing every step of the way. It, you know, it came with pressure. And I know, you know, what I'm getting at here is as adults, <laughs> like we have to adult, right? I would have been a crazy person to turn a book deal down because I felt some pressure. Like, no, I'm not an idiot. I would be a crazy person to go into debt to open a yoga studio and then not work, right? And like not do the groups and not do the work needed for that business to thrive. Obviously, as an adult, you have to adult. And obviously, if you want to realize the dream, there's going to be things along the way that you got to do. We can't you know, cherry pick and choose A to Z every single thing from the most authentic place for the rest of our lives. Like there's going to be stuff there that we don't have to do. But the question is, the question is, how much? And the question is, if I start to align with a place in my life where I am consciously, presently choosing projects, choosing things I want to create, choosing what I do in my day, Everything that trickles out from that place of total choice is going to feel in alignment. And when I unconsciously, without dropping into my core, without being in alignment with my own actual needs, I just say yes to everything. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I'm not present in those moments. Those are all the things that are going to build up and become dreadful in the future for me. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl & Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl & Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So for me, I really feel like this is, there's this big epiphany here of, of having to be more present and having to slow down more when it comes to the creation of my own actual life. And I know this comes from 
like I can even feel a little like I want to crawl out of my skin. It comes from these childhood moments that I had a lot growing up of feeling like I had no choice, of feeling like my power was taken away, um, of feeling like I needed someone, but no one came, of feeling like I needed help, but there was no help to be found, of feeling like I my life was out of control. I'm on a big, dark, open sea being swept and pushed around by waves and there's no buoy here for me. There's no lifeboat here for me. Like I have no choice in what unfolds in my life at all. That feeling of uncertainty in a really terrible way, that unsafety in the sense of anyone can die at any moment, right? It doesn't matter. I I have no choice in the matter. That feeling of just not feeling safe and feeling like things were out of control, That is a game changer for me to realize in my own life and to recognize how often I have allowed choices to be made for me without actually giving myself that space to be, hey, do you want this? Do you need this? Does this feel good all the way? And if there's something there that kind of feels like, you know, like I like this, but I don't like that. Okay, well, can we, can we, can we look at that? Can we reshape it somehow? Can we find a version of that that feels more in alignment? Maybe that thing doesn't feel in alignment because it isn't, right? So it feels dreadful and full of pressure because it's actually too much for you. Maybe that tour shouldn't be 27 cities. Maybe it should be 10 and that should be good and that's good enough, right? Or maybe that teacher training, you need a, you need some space around that. Maybe you need a week before where you're not doing anything, you know? Like how can you actually get more present with the choices that you make in your life so that even the ones that you do that you kind of don't always want to do all the way, so that they feel as as close to alignment as possible, right? And I feel like this is something that a lot of us, we forget, like we forget our power to choose. We forget. And yeah, we're not going to be able to choose every moment of every day and there's going to be stuff there that we just got to do. But there's a lot of major moments in your life where you have the ability to take a breath and pause to make a choice. Your life isn't a freight train moving a million miles per hour. Like you actually have a choice. And sometimes by not making any choices, that that's making a choice too. Like letting that freight train continue without making any changes, without reflecting, you know, without taking care of yourself. Like that's a choice in and of itself. And making that choice is going to influence the energy of everything that unfolds from that place. And which, of course, emphasizes the freight train and makes the freight train move faster and makes it harder to pause and it becomes this vicious circle of, of this is life now. How will I ever get off this fucking train? And for me, it took this combination of, of burnout, of being sick, of not being well, of just like not managing anymore. Like, did it have to get to that place? And I guess for me, it had to because that's what happened. But we forget that we have choices. So, I mean, if you were to sit down and look at your life, if you have any of those moments of pressure, of that feeling of stress, of that feeling of dread, like what, at what point along the way did you make a choice that landed you in that place? Because at some point, right, we have made a choice that, that brought us to where we are. Some things are out of our control, but there's a lot of things that we choose. And if we're choosing from an unconscious place, and we're choosing from other people's norms or ideas or expectations or, you know, we're, we're choosing from a place that actually isn't our own highest self. It's out of alignment. Then yeah, that thing is going to feel dreadful after a while because it's not what you actually want to do. It's not who you actually are. So remembering and reminding ourselves, that's been kind of my mantra for the past, for the past whole week is that I get to choose. And I've been telling myself that every day. I wake up in the morning and I go, I get to choose. I have a choice. I have a choice. I can roll out my yoga mat and practice yoga first thing, or I can sit down at my tea table and meditate and breathe and drink tea tea first thing. Or I can go straight to my computer and take a meeting or dive into my inbox and like grab a cup of coffee. Like I make a choice. There's a thousand moments in my day where I make choices and those choices impact how I feel. They compound over time. And I'm thinking about like this, this webinar, how wonderful it was and how beautiful it was. And probably the whole reason I felt pressure is because I felt like I had to sell something and sitting there talking about it. I realized I don't have to, I don't have to sell anything. I'm not a salesperson. That is not what I do. I'm here to inspire people. I'm here to share my story. I'm here to be a storyteller and I can do that. 
I can do that without having to tell anyone you should sign up for this course because X, Y, Z. I can just tell my story and it's going to align for some people who are going to want to join and it's not going to align for some who don't. And that's good, right? That's what it's supposed to be. So I think I could have had an opportunity there to reframe what I was doing and I wouldn't have felt any pressure at all, right? It's like, you think I feel dread and pressure recording this podcast every week? Oh, hell no. <laughs> and why is that? Well, it's because every single time I sit down and I choose and I just speak my truth and I speak my mind and I speak from a place of where I am. I'm not sensing this big expectation of I have to get it right. I have to do it this way. I have to... Like if I, if I thought I have to be inspirational in the pod, oh my God, I would hate the pod. I would, it would never happen. Sometimes when I have guests on, I dread it a little bit because I feel expectation. Like I have to do a good job right with them. And I decided like a while ago, like I'm not going to do guests so much anymore because I feel more joy and more alignment just being me here. And I think it's enough, you know, not everything has to build into this idea of what we have in our heads. Like if I feel alignment and authentic, just sitting here, <laughs> with my cup of tea, talking shit for an hour every week. That's good, right? I can remain in that. I can choose that and feel awesome about it. And I think we need to remind ourselves of that fact that we have more control over our lives than we think we do. We are, you know, even in the moments when we feel that we're out at open sea, it's probably as adults because we are reminded of the times when we actually were powerless once before, but now, like sitting here where you are, chances are you have a lot of power. You can say no, no. You know what? Just thinking about this thing makes me feel like, oh, something something isn't aligning. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Let's talk. Let's dig into it. Let's contemplate. Let's journal on it. Let's meditate on it. Let's figure it out. Actually, maybe it is a no here, or maybe it's a yes if we change it into this, right? All of those moments, like every fucking project, everything we create, every meeting, everything we do, we have a choice. We have a choice. And we need to remind ourselves of the power that we have. And I think there is something really empowering about that. The more we make those choices, the more doors are going to open and we're going to realize that we actually have a lot of options. But when we are used to just being on that train out of control, those options don't appear. We feel really stuck. So it's kind of like we have to start really consciously choosing and reminding ourselves with every choice that we have a choice to realize that choices are abundant, like they really are, for those doors to open that we couldn't even really see before. So maybe this is something that serves you too, that I have a choice, I have a choice, I have a choice. And my choice is I am only, to every extent possible, going to do things and choose things that really bring me joy and feel in alignment. And I want to commit to that. And then there's a voice in the back of my head that goes, but like, come on, like, who are you kidding? This is what, what kind of privileged bullshit is this to say? There's bills to pay and kids to feed and what the fuck, man, we can't all like have this kind of life. And then I go, well, <laughs> I can strive for a life that's as close to that as possible. And it's not going to be possible every time or every day or always, but I can set a goal for that. I can set an intention for that, that I want to have a life that brings me joy. I want to have a life where I get to choose. And it's funny because since making that my mantra every day, things have, things have shifted a little bit. I really have had a strangely intense week where all of a sudden weird opportunities that I never thought <laughs> have kind of come knocking and some really out of the blue things <laughs> that align with this feeling of, oh, I get to choose my future if I want to make a change in what I'm doing or how I'm living, I can consciously do that. So suddenly I find myself in these little forks in the road that I, they, they weren't there a week ago. I'm in, I'm at a fork. <laughs> we say fork in this house instead of fuck. No, we say fuck and fork. Just kidding. Um, yeah, suddenly I have these forks in the road that are kind of, it's like the universe is like, oh, you want to choose? Well, let's really choose them. Like here, now now you have some stuff to choose from. And it feels, yeah, it feels just in alignment. I love how you, the universe does that for us, that when puzzle pieces start to come into place and we start to figure things out, life will be like, oh, you think you have it figured out? Okay, we'll figure this out then. And we get this manifestation of this major thing that we've been working with just put in front of us like that, black and white, like go. 
practice that thing that you're thinking about, practice that thing that you're contemplating and working on, go, like do the work, like feel the healing in action. And that's where I'm at. Maybe that's where you're at too. So I hope, (laughs) I hope I'll see some of you at a retreat (laughs) in Sweden maybe in the fall. If I keep doing this work, hopefully I'll arrive at a place where I feel like I can totally choose that and that there won't be any dread involved. And um, maybe I'll see you at the home course too. You know, if you feel inspired, you can go to yogagirl.com slash home course. Now I'm not selling anything. You don't have to come. (laughs) I'm so bad at that shit. Oh my God. But you know, if we feel in alignment, we'll sit in circle soon. And I hope whatever you have going on in your life, just overall that you feel empowered to choose. Maybe there's something on your table right now that you could be saying no to, that you actually want to say no to. Or there's something there that you could be saying yes to, that you actually want to say yes to. Let's spend a couple of days just a little more present with the choices that we're making in life because we're making them every single day. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for choosing to listen to this podcast. That's the choice that you make. And I know it doesn't happen automatic and it changes my life and gives me the space to sit here and do this, which I love. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being in alignment with me right here. Have a beautiful rest of this week. I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart, available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you get your shows. Thank you so much to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. I'll see you next week.